What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Inner Stoke Podcast. My name is Shane. This is my podcast. Now, every time I say that, I'm going to think of Hillary doing her imitation of me, which was hilarious, by the way. Um, I was laughing my ass off. She's, like, scary good at, like, lip-syncing other people talking. And maybe just me, you know. But if you don't follow Hillary, go follow Hillary. Hillary. (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying it like that. At Hillary. No, it's greenvan.go. Green. What? What is her handle? Greenvan.go, I believe it is. Green.go. Just give me one second. Let me get on Instagram here. Green. Of course, I don't have service. There we go. Green.van.go. Yeah. It's Hillary's. Um, I'm pretty sure she's starting her own podcast, which is awesome. Congratulations. Um, but yeah, she did a really funny impression of me. And um, just wanted to give her a shout out. So shout out to her. And um, yeah, let's get this podcast started. So I've been taking a break from social media altogether. Let me put my phone down. God, once you get scrolling on Instagram, it's like sucked in. But yeah, for those of you who don't know, my dog Bucky crossed the, they call, they call it the Rainbow Bridge or the Golden Bridge into doggy heaven um, last Thursday. So I wanted to do this episode in honor of Bucky. Um, I wasn't able to talk about it at first, but now I'm okay with it. Um, I've been having my moments, but I'm, I'm pretty okay with it in my heart. Um, even though it it was the hardest thing I've ever gone through, I've never cried as much as I have for anybody or anything. Um, this was definitely the hardest decision I've ever had to make. Um, because Bucky didn't, didn't you know, die of old age, he didn't go in his sleep or anything like that. I had to make the, you know, choice to put Bucky down. And I'm going to talk about that and how I came to that decision because, you know, to a lot of people and even to me, (laughs) you know, a year ago, I would have been like, no, not a chance, not a chance in hell. No. But when you're really faced with it and it's, one of the toughest things that you'll ever have to do. I hope nobody ever has to go through it. My computer keeps making these noises and it's really upsetting me and I don't know why. (laughs) But, so let's get into the story of Bucky here. Um, I am drinking Two Roads Little Heaven again. Let's crack that open. Crushable IPA. I love these IPAs. I think it may be because I'm charging my computer right now. Maybe if I unplug it, it won't make that noise. I'm at 36%. We come prepared here. So, Bucky. For those of you who don't know, I have, well, had, really sucks to say, I had two dogs. I only have one now. Millie and Bucky. 
Bucky was Millie's son. I got Millie when I was 19 years old, and I bred her two years later like an idiot. Like a fucking idiot. I don't ever encourage anybody to breed their dogs ever. Um, there's so many dogs out there that could, you know, deserve a home. You shouldn't be breeding your dogs. Um, but I was really young and really dumb. So, can't take it back. It is what it is. Um, I know now, and I that's what I'm encouraging now people to do is, you know, adopt dogs. And that's what I'll be doing in the future. So... Millie had 10 puppies, eight of them lived. Um, one of them I found cold on the ground when I heard her giving birth in the middle of the night. Um, one of them came out still, and she ate half of it up to its torso. It was pretty wild. She had that one a day and a half later during the night, and I had to put her on antibiotics and all that stuff. But the birthing was really cool. Um, I helped open a lot of the sacks. I actually gave one of the dogs CPR and brought it back to life, which was an amazing moment. It was dead. And I just started pump, I put it on its side and started pumping on the side of its chest and just goes <gasps> and starts breathing. I know it was awesome. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> it was a really surreal feeling. So I actually sold Bucky. Yeah, I sold Bucky to someone who used to be my friend. Um, I think this situation um, <laughs> caused the friendship to fall apart, which is, you know, all right, whatever. So I sold Bucky. Bucky was brought back to me two days later. Um, they asked for a refund too. I wouldn't give a refund, which is, you know, you don't, you know, ask for a refund. You know, you should have checked first. <laughs> So I get Bucky back, and the story was, Bucky was with another dog for that two days he was gone. And this dog was a young puppy. So, my theory is, Bucky was bullied. You know, and you say it's bullying, but it's just a puppy playing with a dog, and not a smaller dog, and not knowing how rough it is. But I believe Bucky was beaten up on, you know, and played with really rough. And... When I got when I got him back, he was really nasty, and he was going at his mom's face and neck viciously, and he's like four week four and a half weeks old at this point. So I mean, it must have been terrifying to get taken away from your dog and then put with this other puppy, and the other puppy's just beating you up all day. So that's my theory, you know, but um, so he was pretty freaking crazy and I said to myself this dog cannot go to anybody unless I you know give it some training so I started with um, submitting him and when he would get really crazy I would take him to the other room and I would put him down on his side and I would just hold him down until he went through his little fit and then he would start to breathe and relax and he would turn into the sweetest fucking dog in the world. And after about two weeks of submitting this dog every single night, he was bad. I fell in love with him. I was like, dude, I am keeping you, man. If anybody else gets you, you would have been, you know. So I decided to keep Bucky and Millie. 
<laughs> I love him so much. Sucks. <sighs> so, let me take a drink of beer here. this window turn down my heater a little bit I got the mr. buddy propane heater going it's 78 degrees in my van it was 39 when I came in here um, I've been staying at my mom's house while I'm building my van which I'll talk about later in the podcast but I haven't been sleeping in my van for like two weeks now which has been the first you know time in my life um, I was sleeping on the floor, and now I've upgraded to the couch. <laughs> no bed yet. Uh, my mom thinks I'm a total weirdo, but I'm just like, I just don't feel... Co I haven't slept in a bed in over a year. I just don't feel comfortable sleeping in a bed. I don't know. But anyway, talking about Bucky again. About a year into Bucky's life, um, he was an okay puppy. I know he he chewed a few things. He was crate trained, um, but about a year into his life, he started to get sick, and we determined that it was EPI. And basically, his pancreas doesn't produce the necessary enzymes, like it doesn't break down fats and proteins and stuff like that. So everything he was eating was just going straight through him, and he got really skinny. Started to see his ribs, and um, actually one of his brothers who I, who my friend bought from me, my really good friend. So it was nice cause we were communicating and I called him up and I was like, yo, I was like, was your dog? And I started going over the symptoms and he was like, yeah, dude. He's like, that's exactly what happened to my dog. And with him, shout out to Joey. Love you, Joey. Joey Eckert, everybody. Fisherman, Barnet Light. He's the man. Um, one of the greatest people I know. Um, with his dog, they couldn't figure it out, and his dog was sick for a while, and it was really sad to see. But then they finally figured it out. His name's Bentley, and he got really healthy. So he was like immediately, he's like, go to the vet. He's like, tell him this, blah, blah, blah. And we actually went to the same vet because we live in the same town. So Bucky started to get healthy again. But the thing was, um, I got the pill form at first. So it was a pill form of enzymes, and they weren't working for him. He, had, he has a really severe case compared to other pets. Um, so I had to get powder, and the powder I was getting was called Viocase powder. And you basically, you get your dog's bowl, you fill it up with food, and then you sprinkle a teaspoon of powder over top of the food. You mix it in really well, and you mix it with cold water, and you let it sit for 25 to 30 minutes and it starts breaking down in the bowl and then your dog can eat it and digest it. His poops were never, they never looked normal like a normal dog's poops. They were always looked like, almost like a soft ice, sorry to, you know, for the listeners, but it was like almost like a soft ice cream cone that would come out and he would literally shit four to five times a day. And sucks, man. The guy like, I couldn't give him any table scraps. I couldn't give him anything. Um, switching his dog food was a freaking nightmare. I literally had to switch one piece of food at a time. Like, <laughs> like literally. And, like, work him up to it. And take, like, weeks at a time to get him adjusted to new food. 
Um, I had him on blue, blue dog food, and he just stunk from that stuff. So I switched him. I have him on Royal Canine for the last few years. Seemed to be really good dog food. There wasn't many options I can do for his health um, because of his condition. And I've looked into like, um, I think it was the pancreas. You can get, you can feed him pancreas. You have to go to your butcher and ask your butcher for pancreas. And that's what you can feed your dog. And like, I've looked into it and I've looked online for like pancreas stuff that you can buy, but it's like super expensive. And it's like, I've poured like hours and hours and hours and hours into research trying to get his health, like, you know, B12 shots, all that, like trying to get him up to par but what seemed to be okay for him and what seemed to work was regular dry dog food with the sprink with the enzymes on top of it and cold water and that's pretty much all he can have i know when i went to the vet and i got home i know if the girls in the back were giving him treats or not because he's farting up a storm and you know little diarrhea here and there but um, as far as holding his bowels, he hasn't been able to hold his bowels his entire life. Um, it wasn't a behavioral thing. He literally just couldn't hold his bowels. And it's been extremely difficult. Um, you know, I've never been able to just rent a house or anything like that. I had to, you know, I was living at my dad's until I was 25 and then I bought my own house. And... He absolutely destroyed that house. He pissed all over the place. He destroyed the laminate flooring. The piss sunk into the flooring, into the wood. Um, I set up my garage. So they would be in my garage, him and Millie, and they had a bed and everything. And then I set up a doggy door going to the garage door. And I built a little fenced-in area, a little dog pen. And... I don't understand why, but he would not go out to poop or pee. He would go in the garage. And that turned into be a real nightmare because pee was sinking into the cement and everything. So I ended up having to hire a girl to come over while I was at work to let him out. And that worked out okay. He would have accidents here or there. But, you know, we dealt with it. Um, where I was from... Um, you know, I grew up with him on LBI, Long Beach Island, and there wasn't like many places to socialize your dogs there at all. <laughs> like if you pass a dog on, on your dog walk, like it's, you know, rare, <laughs> you don't really see too many dogs. They're usually kept in their houses or their yards. So as far as like socializing was, Bucky wasn't well socialized with other dogs and I was young and dumb. And I was like, he has his mother. I don't care. So stupid. So imagine what it was like when I got to San Diego and I see all these dogs socializing and I can't socialize my dogs. So it was very heartbreaking. But we'll get into that. Um, I wanted to talk about this one story with Bucky. Um, you know, I don't want to make this like into like something that like, Bucky was so difficult and this and that because like there was he wasn't like he was very difficult but he was my boy and I you know sacrificed whatever I had for him but there's this one story I was playing I used to play soccer with him and 
we were on the soccer field one day, and he was like three or four at the time, so he was in his prime. And the ball was a good, like, 40 yards away, and he was about 60 yards from me in the other direction, and I just started taking off towards the ball. And what I do is I kick the ball, and then he continues to run after it. So that's what I was doing. But I guess I calculated my running wrong, or he just turned up the volume for this one because before I knew it I'm ready to kick the ball and I'm getting into it getting ready to kick and this freaking dog comes barreling in and just takes out my legs and I was like a rag doll thrown through the air like I did like at least a flip and a half before I came down hard and I just like smacked the ground on my side and like Ooh! like knocked the wind out of myself a little bit and I was just on the ground and like and like I played football growing up and ice hockey and stuff but like I got rocked and he just comes up and starts licking my face and then tears off after the ball down the field and then I'm left in the middle of the field just like it took me like five minutes to get up <laughs> like he he fucked me up <laughs> but he was just a beast man he was, you know, typically he was 75 pounds. He started to gain a little weight towards the end. Um, when I ended up putting him down, he was 86 pounds, and it kind of broke my heart to see him at that. Um, he just, he blew up like a tick really quick. His anxiety just went like that. Um, he just, he had so many growths in his skin and like in his body um he had this really big fat growth on the back of his neck for a long time i had to get cut out then he had this growth in his cheek that was um precancerous so i had to get that cut out and then that came back and it was in his and then like if you feel his chest he had so many growths in there and it was just like <sighs> the guy just like never got a fair shake in life and I just wanted to give him the best life I possibly could. And, like, the van was a huge part of not just me, but a part of giving them a great life, too. I designed the whole van for them. Everything was revolved around them. Everything. Bucky and Millie. And he had the best freaking nine months of that any dog could ever have. I drove across the country. I was in the deserts of Arizona. I was in the deserts of freaking Las Vegas. I, I was in the deserts of California. I was in San Diego. I was on the coast of Northern California. I was in freaking Yosemite. Bucky was there too. This is what I'm talking about. Like all the way up to Oregon. We drove back across the country. Like. This dog has seen so many amazing sights. He's ran in, he's swam in lakes, he swam in rivers, he's ran dry lake beds, like Death Valley. Like, this dog has been like, he has killed it, man. And for those of you who don't know the story of Bucky, um, he went blind July 17th of 2020 it was while I was in Bend Oregon um, we were living in the Deschutes National Forest everything was going you know fine um, we're just living 
<laughs> every single day we were doing at least three to five miles like he was in the best shape he was ever in this dog was just eating every stick in sight just like tearing through the woods he was just a beast man for those of you who followed me you've seen my videos of me tearing on the one wheel with him like just so much fun tearing down those trails just living and then all of a sudden just like that he wakes up one day and I didn't notice it but in the mornings he would it, he never used to do that like he always used to just sleep in it would be like Bucky come on let's get up <laughs> but he kept crawling into me and he would want to lay with me and um, I thought it was really cute, so I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, hey, bud. And, like, I was sleeping in a tent at that time. I slept in a tent for, like, three months. And then all of a sudden, I go on a hike, and I have video of it. And he goes into the trees, into the bushes while he's running. I'm like, bud. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you're running in the trees, man. I'm like, come on. And then we got halfway through the hike, and I look back at him, and he's staring up into space. And I, and I got, my heart just started beating. And I was like, holy fuck. I was like, Bucky, Bucky. And I snapped my fingers at him. I'm like, Bucky, he's blind. He's not seeing me. I'm like, Bucky, his eyes are not responding. I'm like, what is going on? <sighs> Call the vet, blah, blah, blah. Get an appointment. Get him in there. Your dog is blind. I'm like, you know, I'm across the country by myself with Bucky, with Millie. Fuck. <sighs> Whew. It's supposed to be a happy episode. <laughs> but I didn't let it. I didn't let it stop our trip. You know, I got him a pair of goggles. I just went with it. I was like, this is our life now. And while I was out in the woods, it was a lot easier because, you know, he wasn't walking into things as much. Like, I, I would have him on leash and I would still take him on runs. We would keep up with it and this and that. And, um,. I noticed, and then the lady, or the veterinarian that I, I brought him in for, because I wanted to figure out what was going on and if he could get surgery or not, so I brought him to a specialist, an ophthalmologist, and um, she, right off the bat, she's like, I think it's neurological and blah, 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 I want to do a CT scan, this and that, I'm like, yeah, whatever, this and that, I'm spending thousands of dollars on him. And no results are coming up. We can't figure it out. And it's just like, at that point, it's like, I can't just keep doing thousands of dollars worth of tests. It's just like, they had no explanation for me. So I just had to accept that my dog was blind. And <clears throat> I think I was in a bit of denial with the neurological thing. And I really wasn't noticing it. And I'm thinking in my head, this is, it's just because he's blind. But he started, he had a shift in his, how he behaved and how he acted and how he was. His anxiety went from, you know, it, wa it was at 
you know, an eight or a nine before, but then now it's at like, you know, a 15 at this point. Every, the minute he would wake up, you would feel his chest and his heart would be like this. And then it would start. It would go all over the place. And I try to calm him down. I try to sing to him. And he would just lose his bowels. Um, I was kitchen. I was in the kitchen one day. I was cooking. I was giving him food. I just let him out. And he just starts peeing from one end of the kitchen to the other. And um, I would go to work. And he would pee in my van. He would poop in my van. I would leave for 30 or 40 minutes. Not even. And it just became full around-the-clock care. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't work. I couldn't. And um, he just wasn't there. He wasn't all there. From start to finish from his day, it was like he was in fight-or-flight mode. And he would just bang into shit and... You know those things that they wear, they're called like halos and stuff. They go around like the neck portion of the dog and it's basically this ring that goes around the head so he doesn't bump into things. But the thing is like he went from like an act, near, pretty near active dog. He was already a senior dog so he was sleeping most of the day. Same with Millie before this but we would still exercise, you know, a shit ton. But it went from... You know, him wanting to go on walks and all that stuff to him not wanting to go on walks and basically just wanting to lay around. All he wanted to do was eat, 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 eat. He would get done with a bull. I would feed him more food than I would give him usually. And he would be looking for more and he would stress. From 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock was the worst time ever because I feed him at 5 o'clock. And for those two hours, it was like he was just stand in front of me follow me around like all he wanted to do was eat and I'm like but I can't like I can't feed I can't feed can't overfeed you he was already starting to blow up he couldn't run for long periods of time um he'd start to trip up over himself or he would start to zigzag um so it made it difficult um I wouldn't be able to run with him because he would run into my legs and my legs would get taken out so we weren't walking or running as frequently as we were before. So it got to the point where I remember taking him to the vet. I took Millie to the vet to get her one of her teeth. She got one of her teeth removed a few weeks ago, but this was like to get the x-rays and all that stuff. And we were going to set up a date and this and that. And... The vet was really excited to see her because we've been away for a year, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, he's doing, she's doing really good, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, shook hands, this and that. And about a week later, I brought Bucky in there. And I think it was for his anxiety to see what we can do. And at that point, it was like medicate him. But then he would be sleeping and he's already sleeping most of the day. So it was like, I don't, I, for what little he's there, you know, so you know, mentally, I want to keep him there. I don't want to medicate him. You know, I was just like, but the impression that I got from the vet 
I walked out of there and I remember, I think I called my mom and I was talking to my mom and I was like, I think the vet, you know, like didn't want to tell me, but you know, was I felt that he was like, you know, Bucky doesn't have much longer. That's what I felt in my heart. Um, I don't know why, but that's what I thought. And I said it to my mom and so, if, you know, a few weeks are going by, this and that, and I'm just noticing that he is not living the life he deserves to live. It consists of him, right when he wakes up, his anxiety is through the roof. All he wants to do is eat, and then when he's done eating, all he wants to do is sleep. And then when it gets around feeding time again, all he does is whine and cry, walk walk back and forth, walk into things, search the ground for food, and then when he's done eating, he just goes straight asleep again. He couldn't hold his bowels anymore. It was just like, I lost my dog, you know? <sighs> couldn't play with him anymore, um, and he started to get aggressive, just to top it off. Um, started biting Millie put big gashes in Millie's lip. Um, then the icing on the cake was Thanksgiving where he went after my sister's um, in-laws where he just, he snapped twice at them. Um, I guess he just wasn't familiar with his surroundings and I don't know. He didn't really know them too well and then that was scary because my five-year-old nephew is running around the house and then my three-year-old niece is running around the house as well and it just became one of those things where he's starting to lose it and yes he may have lived a few more years but the quality of life would have not been good and I wanted to let my guy go with a little bit of dignity rather than him not recognize me anymore, not be able to respond to me anymore, because that's the path we were going down. Um, he just lost it. And I wrestled with the decision. I read a million things online. I watched a million videos about it. And I was just like, I talked to friends about it, you know. And it just became, you know, I was in denial for a long time and I knew I th I th believe I you know was one of the reasons why I came back home as well because I knew in my heart that this day was coming and you know it wasn't because he went blind or you know we would have lived with that it was because he started to lose it and he just wasn't bucky anymore and rather than see him you know getting worse and worse and worse and worse. I wanted to, this is how I wanted to remember him when he was, you know, a little bit left. There was a little bit left in there. So, scheduled it, it was last Thursday, December 10th, brought him in, um, gave him a quarter pounder, fries, some chicken nuggets, he just like, demolished it that's the first time he's ever had food like that because you know I, I wasn't able to give him anything 
I would have to sprinkle the powdered enzymes on top of it or else he would get really sick. I gave him a ham bone one time and it was like, literally, it was looked like he crawled through a mud pit, but he was covered in diarrhea in his cage. It, yeah. It was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> but, so, the process was, you know, pretty quick. They brought us in. My f really good friend, Rack, I love you, buddy. He came with me. Uh, my sister came. Love you, Allie. And um, my mom and my dad came, which was very nice because my parents are divorced and they both, you know, run separate businesses now, s selling hot tubs to their competition in the same state. So it's like, it's not, it's not the greatest, but you know, we all came together as a family, so it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, he went really peacefully. I'm going to try not to freaking cry right now, but, um, um, I dealt with a lot of guilt after it happened, you know, in my head going, was this too soon? Was this the right decision? Um, are people going to criticize me? This and that, like, you name it, like all of that stuff. And what I've the conclusion I've come to is this was a different situation than what everybody has. My dog was a lot different. Like I could go on and on and on and on. I was only giving you a little brief, brief. I didn't want to sound like I was complaining about how difficult this dog's life was. This dog was never given a fair shake in life. And I gave this dog an amazing 10 years. And I know like the, the powder cost me, $350 for a 12 ounce until I found this other stuff called Epizyme and now I'm spending you know 150 something dollars for a 12 ounce and that lasts me like three months plus the dog food on top of it like this dog was like <laughs> the most expensive dog in the world but I didn't care I didn't care I gave up all everything my life everybody that knows me anytime I had to go out it's like I have to go home to my dogs it's like my dogs were my life and this situation was special it was different than you know say with Millie she's 12 years old and she's been perfectly healthy her whole life once she's if she gets cancer or something like that like god forbid um I can you know easily make that decision you know I wouldn't want my dog to suffer or anything like that Bucky's was a little bit different because the guy's literally never been given a fair fucking life. And it's just like, now this? And the guilt was real. And, you know, I had tons of stuff in my head. Like, what I would have done differently. And this and that. And I felt this... <coughs> excuse me. I felt this, like, wave of depression coming over me. And... I had to make a decision, like, am I going to let this tear me up, or, you know, am I going to move forward, and, like, obviously I'm going to move forward, but I decided not to let it throw me into the depression, you know, celebrate his life, make a bunch of videos with some sad music in the background, you can watch, just cry, 
cried for oh my god days and days and days i just couldn't stop crying i just missed him so much i'm like he could be here with me right now but it's like he lived an amazing life he went out with dignity he had an amazing last day before anything bad could have happened you know it's just like that's how you know i wanted to remember him it was me picking him up carrying him down steps walking him outside to you know where to go to the bathroom we were you know i've already given him diaper i've already put diapers on him before but it's like now i have an 80 85 pound dog that i'm putting diapers on that's not a good life for a dog a dog deserves to be running and having fun and playing fetch and being able to play with another dog without getting aggressive and scared. Fucking. Fuck. Um, it pisses me off. Like, because I try to look for a lesson in everything. Why did this all happen? What was the reasoning for that? You know, and like, um, I feel like I'm at a crossroad right now. And I feel like it's like, like, say you have somebody, you know, you have a relative or somebody that, you know, you give up your life to take care of them and then they die. It's like, what do you do now? They're not just like grabbing their suitcase and being like, woohoo, going to Hawaii vacation. It's like, no, we just lost somebody that we really love. You know, we were taken care of every day. And now that burden of taking care of them is gone. And I feel guilt from it because I'm like, I could have kept taking care of him. But the truth is the reality of his life, the quality of his life was not good. And he didn't deserve that. Getting picked up, carried in the house. He would take a shit and he'd turn around and step in it because he can't see. He didn't deserve that life. So, I've decided to keep moving forward, <laughs> not have depression, not let this control me, not let this ruin me. Um, I lost a friend, it was three years ago yesterday, his name was Petey, um, he overdosed, and I got close with him at the end, knew him throughout high school, you know, we were... We weren't the bestest of friends, but we were good friends, and we would, like, talk here and there and hang out here and there. But, um, watching him go, and, you know, I got pretty close with him right before that, and I guess it may be that it was him and the combination of, like, my other three friends that passed away as well. Um, that year really messed me up, um, 2017 and going into the early 2018, um, I hit a wall of depression, um, I suffer from PTSD as well, and when I get into my episodes, I don't eat, and I went from, I was at like 175 pounds to, um, 143 pounds, and I'm six foot tall, so you can imagine what that looks like. Just skin and bones. And I'm at a really good place in my life now. 
I'm at 160 pounds and I like the way I look. I mean, I do want to gain, you know, another 10 pounds if I could and I'm going to because I've been eating a shit ton of pork leg and cheeses and cakes and stuff. I just made banana bread today. That's what you get when you stay at your mom's house. You have full access to kitchen, baking equipment, all that stuff. So I've just been going nuts. Um, but I'm starting my builds and just trying to keep busy, um, but still miss Bucky and still celebrate his life. Like I still have my moments. Still go through my phone and I look at him. I wish I could just take his ass down and freaking bite his face like I used to and just like play with him and run with him and see like him tearing off down the trail and but I do believe that he's in you know heaven now and he's not eating that shitty medicine on his food anymore he can finally eat good food you know he's at his healthy weight that he was at when he was in his prime before his health started going to shit and he is now living his life fully. And he's with, you know, my other dogs that I grew up with. My, my, I grew up with a German Shepherd named Sadie. And then I had another German Shepherd named Duchess. And a Golden Retriever named Maggie. So I'm hoping that... And I had a Yellow Lab named Samson. But I don't remember Samson because I was so young. Um, but I hope that all of my dogs are playing together in heaven and when I do get up there you know Millie will join in a few years and when I do get up there all my dogs are there and I've decided that you know after Millie leaves me um, I'm not gonna have a dog for a while um, just for the fact that I've had a I've had dogs since I was I got my own dogs, my own responsibility when I was 19 years old. And every decision I've made in my life, I had to think of my dogs before myself. And that's kind of where I find happiness. Um, I tend to get anxiety and stressed out thinking, what should I do? You know, blah, blah, blah. It's nice to be able to, okay, I'm taking the dogs to you know, the park or the lake or this nerd for the, a hike and this and that. Um, so yeah, they're the best thing ever, but that was the hardest thing that I've ever had to go, go through, and I could, oh, the thought of going through that again, which I have to, because Millie, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm going to need a break after that, but. Millie I got from a basement in Virginia. They were basement breeding. And um, she was four months old at the time. And actually, I saw a picture of her, and I thought she was cute. But I wanted a different color, and I didn't like her age. Oh. <laughs> and then I f came back to her, and I was like, you know what? I was like, she is pretty cute. Let me let me go see her. And I drove out to Virginia. It's in this... Sh shitty neighborhood the shitty apartment complex um they were basement breeding pipples i saw millie she was the most adorable thing in the world her ears were tucked back she was kind of a little bit scared and looks up at me and i was just like i just picked her up just handed the guy 
she was 250 but i only had 20s i gave him 260 i was like keep the change it's like thanks for the dog drove back and the rest was history millie's been with me since i'm 19 years old um she's 12 turned 12 in september um she's in impeccable health the way she moves people are just like they're amazed or like she's 12 years old like my dog still legitimately can jump up a five set of stairs you know like jump off a five set of stairs like it moves like she's eight years old it's incredible and it saddens me that she doesn't have her son with her anymore and he doesn't get to enjoy us anymore because i know he loved us more than he would have died for us i know he didn't want to leave us um fuck but i know that like now i get to really give her a fulfilled life and she gets to live for bucky um the way bucky deserved to live you know didn't deserve to have that health shit and being poked and prodded his whole freaking life constantly having flare-ups like it was a freaking nightmare, man. Poor freaking dog. I mean, I guess it could have been worse, but... <sighs> That's my Bucky. <laughs> and again, like, I didn't want this to seem like an episode where I was just complaining, you know? I didn't even mention his the Horner syndrome that he got when he was out in San Diego. And they couldn't explain that. And that was like three months, four months before he went blind. His eye basically sunk into his skull. And it was like terrifying. No explanations. They told me he scratched his eye, but they did like a dye test. We couldn't see any scratches or anything like that. But I think that's when the start of this problem started happening. Um, I tried giving him CBD before that. And two weeks into me giving him CBD... That's when the Horner syndrome happened. Now, I'm not blaming CBD or anything, but don't just give your dog something because somebody says, oh, it's good for them. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but I wanted this episode to be about, you know, celebrating Bucky's life and, you know, I... Thing, I feel like I needed to provide some sort of explanation because a lot of my followers do follow me because I have dogs and he's not here with us anymore. And I wasn't posting about it or anything because like, I felt so much guilt about making this decision. But I know in my heart that it was the right decision. This is how I wanted my guy to go out. I didn't want him to go out, you know, the, the shitty road, the shitty way. And I pray that nobody ever has to make the decision that I had to make. And that your dogs are healthy and love your freaking dogs people because oh, they're not here for long i wish they were but anyway we are working on the van we just got the shop all set up all my tools are ready to go my station's ready to go all i need to do is start banging shit out i'm gonna put the floor in you know insulate Start insulating the walls, ceiling, all that good stuff. Start getting everything built, all the holes cut in it. You know, you name it. Um, I figure once I start getting, you know, my flow going, 
I can get this done in two months. So I figure by mid-February, I'll be done with it all. So stay tuned for some content about van building. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm doing all right. Just really sad. I miss him. Anyway, for those of you who have been following our journey, thank you so much for following. Um, for those of you who have met Bucky, um, you know, I'm sure he loved you. Just sucks, man. No more snoring on my podcasts the way he used to. I miss him really, really bad. But I know he's in a better place and he's healthy and he's running around and enjoying life. And he's not just laying around. There was this one moment where I was driving and we had... Millie had her head out the window and she just looked back at me and she had the biggest smile on her face. She had both feet on the window and she's just out the whole window scaring the shit out of me and I look down and Bucky is just laying there with his head down between both of his paws and he had the saddest look on his face and my heart just shattered because he can't see and I just looked at him and I'm like are you happy bud and I knew he wasn't so Fuck. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Thank you. Seriously. I'll see you on the next one. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Inner Stoke Podcast. My name is Shane. This is my podcast. How do you like that energy for 2021? Good. I am stoked. We are cracking a beer. Woo! We are drinking Two Roads Little Heaven. Oh. I've been trying to get stoked for this podcast for like two weeks now. I recorded one last week. I freaking hated it, so I didn't release it. And I just... I've been two in my head. And then today, I was feeling pretty good. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go home from work a little bit early. And I'm going to bust out this podcast and that's what we're doing. Oh, mm, mm, mm. Beer time. That was so good. Oh my God. First beer of the night. It'll be my last beer of the night too. I find I don't, I don't sleep very well if I drink more than one beer. Which is kind of a bummer because I really like beer. So... I'm thinking about switching back to double IPAs because I used to drink double IPAs to get fucked up. But I'm thinking about drinking double IPAs because I just like the sip beers. And um, these these little heavens are literally called crushable IPAs. Like I can literally just like chug this thing, no problem. So anyway... 
2020 gave you double middle fingers in the air. <laughs> but honestly, one of the best years I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and also one of the worst years I've ever had in my entire life. I've accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish. I've made so many new friends. I've lost people in my life. I've made, I've found new people in my life. I've learned so many life lessons. And uh, it's crazy because you don't know until you get away. And... You know, I lived in the same place for 30 years. Well, I lived in Pennsylvania for a little bit, but I lived in um, New Jersey for the majority of my life. And finally getting away and all of your problems following you and, and the same things and the same patterns still happening in your life. It was like, I think I've talked about it before. It was one of those moments where like, I literally looked at myself in the mirror and I had to go outside to use my um, outside mirrors on my van because I don't have a mirror in here. Had to look at myself in the mirror and say, dude, it's not them, it's you. And it was like one of those really big moments in my life where I had to swallow everything and say, okay, maybe it maybe it really is me <laughs> because all of the same things cannot keep happening across the country like it's obviously my deal i'm obviously attracting the same things i'm obviously getting into the same patterns and doing the same exact freaking shit that i'm always doing in my life but i've learned so much from just traveling for a year. It wasn't an entire year. It was 11 months. It was just shy of a year. But I lived in my van for over an entire year. On driveways and all that stuff. And I plan on living in a van for quite some time, honestly. I'm very eager to get back out on the road and get all this started. Um... So right now, if you don't know what's going on with my life, I am currently back in New Jersey. I was in Bend, Oregon for six months, and now I'm back in New Jersey, and I'm doing a van build. Uh, it's a 2019 Ford Transit. It had 10,000 miles on it, or just shy of 10,000 miles on it when I bought it, and then when I drove it back from the dealership, I hit 10,000 miles. <laughs> so... Um, this build will be a fairly simple design. As soon as you walk in behind the driver's seat, I'm installing a shower. Uh, there's going to be a toilet in there, a little closet area behind it, like right behind the driver's seat. And then there's just going to be countertops on each side and then basically a dinette. So you'll be able to walk straight down the center and then have a table right there on a lagoon. I'm going to do a lagoon table. And then basically you drop down the table and if you don't know what a dinette is, it's like benches on each side and the table in the middle drops down and becomes your entire bed. Um, this is going to be more of a high-end build. My last build, honestly, out, out of like a scale of 1 to 10, I would rate that 
build like a six, even though it's a really nice build. My woodworking, I just did not do a good job. I literally just half-assed it. And that's because of the tools that I had. I didn't have the right tools. Um, right now, I'm building out with a high-end cabinet-grade table saw. And it has an, it's an extended table saw, so I can run sheets of three-quarter on it by myself. And this thing, I am just lightning with this thing. Um, I'm just like blowing through everything that I'm doing. I'm really stoked, honestly. I'm getting back in my groove with work. Um, it was hard to get back into it after taking off for an entire year. Because now, you know, I am essentially my own boss. So... Typically, I'm used to going into work and someone tells me a bunch of shit and then I go out and then I do it that day. And now it's like now I have to motivate myself and get myself going. And when I run into problems, it's like I don't have I literally have to just be like, dude, got to get it done. And, you know, it's different. Um, it's, uh, it's an adjustment, but it's been going really well. I'm only putting in like 50 or 60 hour weeks, like nothing crazy. I'm usually working later in night, later in the night. Like tonight I got back home at like 8:30. I left the house at like 10 o'clock this morning. So it's not like crazy hours, but I've been busting out my van. Um, I installed half a shower. It's a half shower. Basically a shower curtain, a 360 shower curtain will come up around you and it goes up into the ceiling. And it's a Camp Plux heater, like a propane water heater. Uh, basically, it hooks up to your water tank with a hose line. And then another hose comes in, hooks up to a propane tank. And that's where your shower comes from. It's two and a half gallons per minute of hot water. Like, it gets really hot. So you're having nice hot showers. Um, it's the best shower system, I think, for camping because it's so simple and propane is such clean energy. Um, for my new van, I'm installing one of those, um, I forget the brand, it's your typical two and a half water, water heater that you see in like all van builds. And I'm interested to see how much energy this takes um, and how well it actually works because it's two and a half gallons. So you're telling me I get a two and a half gallon hot shower. That's it. <laughs> like my camp plugs does two and a half gallons per minute. I hope I'm wrong on that, but we'll see. Um, I'm definitely going to test it out for sure. Um, yeah, I'm stoked to be doing a shower. Um, so yeah, I don't really have any direction with this podcast today i'm just kind of winging it um i kind of hit a little bump in the road um for those who don't know um i had to let go of my dog bucky a month ago it was a month ago yesterday and that was a really um, tough decision i had to make in my life but he's in a better place now um He's, you know, I get signs and um, I got this really cool prayer. Um, I don't have my phone on me, so I can't read the entire thing. But it was like basically like 
don't worry, you know, I didn't suffer, um, I'm better now, and it made me feel really good. Um, I always have his ashes with me in the van. I bought this little necklace thing that I hang, and um, I talk to him a lot, and um, he's just, he'll always be with me. And um, I felt myself sinking into a depression after this happened. And my last depression was the end of, I believe, 2017, 2018. Yeah, I think it was 2018, um, where one of my good buddies I grew up with um, overdosed. And that year, uh, two months prior to that, I had another friend who, um, not sure if it wasn't. I mean, there was a note, so I'm, I mean, I don't really want to talk about that one. But there was a handful of deaths in my life that year, and I thought I was okay, because, you know, I've lost friends before. Um, first friend I lost when I was, like, 15 years old, my buddy to leukemia. And I just lost my buddy Pat Harrington um, two weeks ago to cancer. Pat, love you, buddy. Endless waves, dude. Rest in peace, buddy. It sucks. Yeah. Um. So I feel myself like getting sucked into that that dark hole of not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to do anything, not having any motivation. Um, and I have to really be aware of that because. What happens to me is I don't eat, and when I don't eat, I get really skinny, and then when I get skinny, I get upset about how skinny I am, and it's this ongoing battle, and it just keeps going and going and going, and I went from 175 pounds to 143 pounds, and that was like right after you know all, all my friends passing away and then i just and then i went through a breakup a few months after that and um uh, it was the end of a three-year relationship so it was like you know, anybody who's you know been in a relationship that long and it ends you know a part of you dies as well and you know, I had to go through this journey of rediscovering myself and who I am. And honestly, I didn't know who I was. Um, I started dating this girl. Uh, we were just hanging out. Um, but it was after I um, broke up with, after my three-year relationship. And this girl was like, oh, my God. Breath of fresh air. Um just everything I wasn't used to. Um, literally just like, you know, doesn't, I remember hanging out with her and woke up and then we go, and then she had to go to work in the morning and she wanted to take a shower. I'm like, yeah, go for it. Um, she takes a shower, just comes out, doesn't even really dry her hair. You know, we get into the car drinking coffee she's blasting music she's got sunglasses on and she's got her hair out the window and she's drying her hair with the wind and i don't know it was just like it was like uh it was a big moment because like i was used to a relationship where it took her like 
two hours to get ready and would fight with me and we would get into a fight about everything and her outfits and how she has nothing to wear and this and that. And it would just ruin the whole day. So it was cool to see, it, you know, this other person who was just like the happiest person in the world, had the best vibe ever. And I just couldn't match her vibe. And there was like this... Thing that I went through of trying to discover who I was after that and I was like I know who I was you know I grew up on Long Beach Island I grew up you know surfing and skating with my friends um, it's a small island small beach community everybody knows each other um, I quit playing sports in high school and just surfed and then quit surfing after high school don't know why <laughs> I haven't gone back into surfing, but yeah, I just kind of like fell into this cycle of relationships and um, I dated, I, if you've listened to my previous podcast, you know that um, I had a girlfriend throughout high school and then we got into a really bad car accident together and then we broke up. And there was a really big transition in my life after that because, you know, I was going through all this stuff, PTSD, blah, blah, blah. And then I got into a toxic relationship after that when I was 20. And we had to deal with a really, you know, big thing. And, you know, I, it took me a while to recover from that. And the way I recovered is I just dove into um, playing music. I started taking vocal lessons and I started playing guitar very heavy. And then I got into playing gigs like two years later. And then I eventually started, and then eventually quit that because I started dating a girl again. Literally just took the wind out of my sails. And. So I have this pattern of falling out of who I am and, and what I do. And I get so obsessed with these relationships and these, these girls that I'm with. And then it becomes a bad relationship and it ends. And then I'm left standing there scratching my head going, who the fuck am I? And this keeps happening over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it just happened again um, a few months ago. <laughs> and it's like one of these things. I wasn't dating anybody, but I was you know, talking to someone. We were together. But <clears throat> this year is going to be all about myself and me. And I've never had a year like that. I've always had in my head, I've always, you know, I've always been so cliche, looking for the one, you know, waiting for that relationship to fall in love and blah, blah, blah. And I don't believe that's the way it works. I believe, I mean, I believe some people get lucky, but for the majority of the people, like how many people do you know get divorced and stuff, you know, parents, this and that. It's like, so what I'm doing now is I'm finally establishing myself and getting my life in order before I even consider a relationship. 
And yeah, it sounds lonely, and it it is lonely. It's been a lonely couple months, but um, that's what I'm going to do, and that's where I find my happiness comes from. Because I remember doing that with guitar, and um, my vocal lessons. I just literally I went to vocal lessons twice a week, and I played guitar all day, every single day, every single night. I would play a gig, just so I'm practicing for a gig, you know in the future and that's what I'm doing because I remember that's when I was at my happiest and I feel like once I'm at that point I feel like you know if somebody comes along then it'll be way healthier and I'll feel a lot better about it because you know, the last relationship I was in, um, she was totally cool. I'm not, like, talking shit, but it is what it is. Like, she was totally cool with me just settling with my life and, you know, working and what I was doing. Like, I wanted to do so much more, and my plan was to sell my house. And then all of a sudden, she, you know, is going to move in and not pay any money and she gets a brand new car and blah 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 and it's like uh what's next ring on the finger wedding baby and I still had a lot of living to do and that she just wasn't the right partner for me and it's unfortunate but that's the way it was so this year, focusing on myself, and then once I establish myself, if somebody comes along and it works out, you know, and it makes sense, and it's a good, healthy relationship, that's it. I want to be with somebody who, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. I want to be with somebody who is totally cool if I just want to be like, hey, I'm going to fuck off right now. And go into my van and record a podcast. And is truly happy about it. And it's just like, alright, awesome. Have a good time. Not the, like you can sense the feel bad. Because then I'm not going to do it. And then, then I'm never going to get a podcast. It kills my creativity. I need, to be, I need to be with somebody who's like totally cool with me just fucking off. And you know, oh he's got to do, do, do what he's got to do. I remember uh, listening to a podcast with Matthew McConaughey. And... He was talking about how his wife was like that. And his wife told him, like, consents when he's getting all crazy and shit. And she, like, tells him, you know, you need to go and do your thing. And he said he went out into the desert for, like, two months by himself and wrote a book. How cool is that? How unselfish and awesome is that wife? <laughs> that wife is the key to his creativity, you know? Maybe not all of it, but a lot to, lot of it for letting him do his thing. And then I'm sure in return he gives her massive amounts of love. And then she's able to do the things that she wants to do in life. And it's just this cycle and this big circle of loving each other and, you know, making each other's dreams come true. Not sucking the freaking life out of people. And that's usually what it is. Somebody, you know... 
is attracted to you because you're doing something that's interesting to them or blah, 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 or like they, you know, maybe, you know, I'm just making up a scenario, but like maybe like you're hanging out with your niece or nephew and they see how good you are with children and then they're immediately thinking in their mind, oh my God, I want to have a baby. I'm not saying that's what happens, but I think you get the, the gist of it. But there's too many relationships that just start and then they just have kids and they can't do what they want to do in life because they have this income coming from this part. Maybe they have health insurance coming from the jobs. They have to depend on the health insurance. It's like dreams are just hard to accomplish, but they're still able, you know, I know tons of people with kids who are still successful and still do shit. So, I mean, I'm just kind of rambling on and on right now, but that's, you know, what I want for this year. Um, really focus on myself and do me. Something that I've never done before. It's funny. I see like, I literally see shopping on like Instagram. Like I'll, you know, start messaging back and forth with somebody and it'll last for, you know, a few days and then eventually fade off. It, mostly on my part because I'm terrible at responding and all that. But then I won't then I won't hear from him for a while. And then all of a sudden I'll see a story like a month later and they're like introducing their boyfriend or their <laughs> they're they're in love and this and that and like I honestly cannot tell you how many times it's happened in 2020 <laughs> it's like it's like shopping and um i never ever ever picture myself meeting somebody on the internet like that it's just that's not how i i want it I, I like things to be organic um you know i want to hear maybe somebody laugh and fall in love with their laugh first and then you know then fall in love with them like I don't want to look at a picture and decide if they're good looking or not. And then that's going to be the, if I'm going to try to be with them or not. And like, I'm seeing it a lot um, with my one friend who does a lot of online dating. And it's literally just like, oh, I don't like him. He's, he's too short. Oh, I don't like them. He's, you know, he's this, he's that, he's that. And I'm just like, it's like you can't have expectations like that. You can't have this like perfect list in your mind because then eventually you're going to find somebody who, who checks most of the boxes, but that's the person you want, but it's not the person that you need. And you find that in the long run. And so instead of finding that in the long run I want to find that in the short run <laughs> and the only way I feel that I'm going to be able to accomplish that is to be the best version of myself that I can possibly be and be myself 100% and really respect myself um, know my boundaries stop doing stupid shit 
yeah, story of my life. I'm just going for it. Honestly, I need to step it up. I know I do. I'm really looking forward to this year. Um, try to step up the consultations a little bit. It's just so busy, and it's hard to be on Instagram right now. I really had to ask myself, because of all this negative shit that's on the internet, all this... Like, whatever happened to the funny stories and all this shit, now it's just like... Ugh. Politics. I had to ask myself, why are you on Instagram, Shane? Because I literally almost deleted it. I deleted my Facebook. Um, I deleted my Amazon Prime. It's like, I don't want to give money to any of those big corporations anymore. I don't... I don't like this whole dynamic that's going on. Um excited for all this shit to fucking end so we can start moving forward honestly that's what i'm excited for and then it's like then we still got covid to deal with and it's like you gotta get vaccine like a shot and then you get another shot and then then it makes sense but but we have these new strains coming out so hopefully these new viruses are the the vaccine will work for them it's like it's like, ugh. I'm, I'm tired. I'm done with it. I'm not digesting any of it anymore. You want me to wear a mask? I'll wear a mask when I'm going out. But it's like, I'm not... Why am I on Instagram? And the only good reason I could come up with... because I think it's because I'm not traveling right now. Before it was tr to, to meet people while traveling. You know, to meet friends, stay connected. Now, it's like... I don't even want to be on the thing. I literally almost deleted it the other day. I was like, maybe I'll just give it away, honestly. Um, I thought about giving away my camera and my channel, or my, you know, my platform. And it honestly wouldn't be a big deal to me. But then I thought about my podcast, and I was like, okay, you need it for your podcast, Shane. Might as well turn your platform into your podcast platform. So that is what we're doing, people. Interstoke Podcast is going to be pushed on well, I push it on Shane Dennis anyway, but I hardly push it on my Interstoke podcast Instagram. I think I only have like just shy of a thousand followers on that. So if you can go follow my, I mean, if you're already following Shane Dennis, it really doesn't matter. But yeah, go follow my Interstoke podcast page. Would appreciate it, people. Come on now. <laughs> I know who listens to me. It pops up on my phone. It shows me. It's, it's, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I love that I can have a sense of humor. <laughs> mm, I missed you. Sense of humor. Where were you? <laughs> uh, so, life's pretty good at the moment. Um, my van is, I'd say, 95% complete. I just have to do a few things like grout, hanging the cabinets, and then it's just a matter of putting little cabinet stoppers and stuff in there. So let's swig open and all that stuff. And then just hook up the two burner, make sure that's good to go. And uh, I got to oil all the wood, and then I'm putting it back up for sale. I know it'll sell after this. 
shower and toilet. 100%. I was too greedy for what my van offered. I knew what it was worth and what it could be worth, but it, in reality, it wasn't worth that. And I just couldn't accept that. So now I'm making what it's worth. <laughs> now I'm busting out that amazing woodwork and... You know, I'm really taking my time on things. I'm redoing the closet area. It's like, now you're going to be able to hang clothes. You know, I got the propane and on everything. Like, I upgraded the solar system with 200 amp hours of battery. And then I'm putting 200, watt, two, 200 more watts on the roof. So my system will be 600 watts of solar on the roof. And then... 500 amp hours of batteries that's awesome you should not have a problem with that system you should n never drain those batteries unless you're having a party if you're having a party you know <laughs> uh, life's pretty good at the moment I'm really connecting with Millie um, which was honestly hard to do with Bucky because Bucky gets so jealous. And it was like one of those things where I couldn't give her too much love or else Bucky would get jealous. I was always trying to sneak it. But I miss him. But it's nice being able to, you know, give Millie love. And Millie's really connecting with my mother. Um, I haven't lived with my mom since I've been like 17 years old. Um, yeah, once I started driving, I, I was like, I was a very free spirit. Um, I lived in my house alone my junior and senior year in high school. And my mom was in a relationship and she was living approximately 40 minutes away. And my father was also in a relationship. He was living 40 minutes away, but it was his house that I was living in. And I was just throwing parties after party. And, um, you know, then eventually I grew up and then I bought my own house. So I've, I haven't lived with my mom in almost half my life. So it's really cool to be able to connect with my mother again. See how much I'll like her. Oh, I'll get tired and all that. Mm make comparisons, make judgments, all that stuff. You know, all that good stuff <laughs> that we do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been good. Um, I think I'm going to keep this podcast a short one today. Yeah, just be done. That'll just be it. That'll be it. Um, yeah, follow along on my build-out. Um, I think it's going to be an epic one. Um, I've got some exciting things to do on this. It's nothing crazy, but it's, you know, I get to really put my woodworking to the test and really show what I can do and all that. And, you know, I just may start bending wood. Who who knows? <laughs> Shane's got a few tricks up his sleeve. He has been taking wood shops since he was in the seventh grade. <laughs> Talking to myself in the third person. What a freak! Anyway, stoked on my table saw, stoked on everything, um, stoked on life, um, glad I'm back 
with the podcast. I gotta start busting them out. I gotta start having guests on. <clears throat> it's honestly, I think I was being um, too greedy with my podcast because I'm trying to get big guests on so I can start growing so I can get, you know, like I want, I want the, the real deals on this podcast so then I can share them with everybody else. That's my goal, you know, Inner Stoke Podcast. I'm not, I'm not, I was, you know, I discovered Stoke in California. I'm not stoked all the time. <laughs> the, the, the point of my podcast is to have people on that are stoked and to share with them how they stay stoked and how they fuel themselves and this and that. You know, that's the purpose of the podcast. I'm sure it's the same idea and same shit as everybody else's podcast, you know? Sound like a real Debbie Downer right there, Shane. But, yeah, it's hard for to get people to take me seriously, you know? Because I only do have 14,500 followers. And it's like if I message somebody with more followers from me, they, you know, they respond back. And they're like, yeah, I would love to. But then it's just from that's it. And I don't want to be annoying. Maybe I should be annoying. Maybe I should message him back. You know what? I'm going to message him back. <laughs> If you're listening right now, I'm I'm messaging motherfucker, motherfucker. But yeah, hopefully got some big news coming soon. I'll be dropping that with you guys, and um, everything's good. Honestly, I'm feeling good. I can breathe. Um, stoked. We are stoked.